Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for each testimony given tonight that you do answer prayer. And Lord, we're thankful of those specific prayers that you answer. We're thankful of the unspoken requests, ones that, Lord, the details would not be uh, well shared among uh, a public audience, but we can bring those requests secretly before the throne and others pray along with us and you answer And we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of fellowshipping with other pastors, not only locally in this area, but all across the country. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for your privilege, uh, for the privilege of serving you, uh, that our church is not just one isolated church, but among a great host of churches all over the world, serving you the simple, old-fashioned Bible way. We thank you for the ladies' conference yesterday, all that was entailed there, and the attendance in the churches today. We just want to praise you for your goodness. In your name we pray. Amen. To their class and the rest of us, let's take our Bibles and open to Psalm 120. Psalm 120. And... uh, We have been working our way through the Psalms over the last several months here on Sunday nights. Uh, Not a hard and fast verse-by-verse exposition. Um, And tonight we're going to do something a little different. Um, We are starting in Psalm 120. And if you will notice at the beginning of the Psalm there, it says, A... Song of Degrees. And Psalms 120 through 134, 15 Psalms, uh, these are the only Psalms that have this uh, title here. Uh, Four of them were signed by David, 122, 124, 131, and uh, 133. Psalm 127, you may recognize the first verse there from a little Sunday school course we sing, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And uh, if you look at the title on this psalm, it says, A Song of Degrees for Solomon. And uh, so much uh, of the book of Psalms, has been lost to us. We do not have the melodies to which these songs were chanted or sung. Uh, There are several who have tried to uh, develop uh, a pattern. And uh, I'll tell you what, the the closest one I heard was uh, these people did a study uh, on the actual words in the Hebrew letters, trying to make them into notes and to sing the songs according to the notes that were in the words. It was weird. It was really weird. Um, and uh, we, we have to accept that there's just a lot about these notations that we do not know. Uh, the most... Uh, Believed or accepted understanding of the Psalm of Degrees was that these were songs that were sung as people ascended up to Jerusalem for the feast. You'll notice in your Bible, 
Uh, anytime it talks about Jerusalem, they either came down for Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, or ascended up to Jerusalem. Uh, the word degrees, the Hebrew word in the English, uh, most of the time when we use degrees in modern uh, day language, uh, we're talking about thermometers or measurements, degrees uh, 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 there. Or if you graduate college, you're given a degree. Um, but the idea here is, is just an ascending or stairs or a flight of stairs. It is uh, translated at other places in our Bible. And so tonight what I'd like for us to do is just kind of breeze through all 15 Psalms. We're not going to cover anything in detail tonight and let you uh, look at these um, some of them would seem, we get to Psalm 126, and it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Now, uh, our best understanding is the captivity was uh, the Babylonian captivity. That was about uh, uh, three, almost 400 years after the time of David. And, and so these Psalms would be, Different times, it's an assemblage of songs, and uh, we start in Psalm 120, and it says, In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows... Of the mighty with coals of juniper, woe is me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hated peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And uh, my, my Bible has a little note that David prayed this psalm against Doeg the Edomite as he was fleeing from Saul. Uh... Uh, we we can't be a hundred percent sure of anything but the actual words of the psalm. Uh, the rest of this would be traditions and notes that have been added here. But we start in distress. Now I want you to skip over to Psalm one thirty four. It says, "Behold." Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heavens and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. Now, I will tell you this, that if we just take the first and the last of these songs and put them uh, in order and compare them with each other, the one starts, I am persecuted, I am in trouble. I need deliverance. And the last one is thanking God for being good. And uh, I will tell you, that's the progression of any life of any person that knows God is before you are uh, saved, you must first be lost. You know, we, one of the problems that we have today is we live in a world of people that do not need Jesus. Uh, they will not recognize their lost and unsaved condition, the fact that we are in distress, and only the God of the Bible can deliver us. 
That's Psalm 120. If you know the sweet salvation and the peace that comes from resting in Jesus, boy, you can sing one Psalm 134, can you not? Bless the Lord. Uh, and, you know, this idea of blessing the Lord, we do not add to Him. We cannot give Him anything that He does not have as God. But it is a wonderful truth that God is pleased when His children who have nothing offer the words of praise and glory, will recognize God for who He is. And I will challenge you that as you read through these 15 little psalms here, the only one that has any length to it at all is Psalm 132, and that is only 18 verses, that we, we will understand a little bit about how good God is. These songs come through here at uh, different places. Uh, Psalm 120, as we started, talks about the trouble of the soul and trusting God to deliver us. And being in a world that does not want Peace. The tents of Kedar and uh, sojourn in Meshech would be talking about uh, uh, places that are not Jerusalem, places that are not Israel proper. But we get to Psalm 121, and let's just work through this in the next few moments here. He said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, we don't have time to go through all of these chapters completely tonight, but we do understand something that if we trust in the Lord, He is the only one that can keep us. Now, how many of you have ever heard, I mean, read this one verse here. It says, The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Now, we all know what happens when the sun smites you. It's called sunburn. How many of you have ever heard of the word lunatic? You know where that comes from? That's talking about someone who's been smitten by the moon. Loon, lunar. uh, Actually, that's the history of that word. And uh, they believed that uh, people who were uh, unstable or not uh, processing information correctly were actually moonburned, uh, was where that idea came from. But the, the, the whole thing here is God is going to protect you from the day. God will protect you from the night. And uh, the Lord is going to preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. 
Look at Psalm 122. This is the first one signed by David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, David here is talking in the future. The temple in Jerusalem had not been built, but God had already chosen Jerusalem as his city and given instruction to David. He was spent the, uh, a great part of his effort as the king uh, of Israel in providing massive stores of treasures that Solomon would use in building the temple. You talk about just one gold brick. Uh, I don't know what the standard uh, weight is, but some of them are like 30 or 40 pounds. Now, you just say it's 30 pounds, multiply that by 13, and that's going to give you 39 troy ounces at $1,500 per ounce. Do the math. But they overlaid the entire inside of the temple with pure gold. Just stop and think about the amount uh, of, they said, the brass that was used in the temple to make the, the, the brazen sea and to make the pillars and to make the uh, different... Uh, um, Bowls and, and uh, instruments that were needed for the temple sacrifice were without weight. In fact, it was on one of the uh, gates, I think it was, in Babylon as it was recovered. And there was an image of them actually breaking up those pillars in Jerusalem and bringing those pieces of brass back to uh, Babylon as uh, a bounty there. And uh, David is talking about worship in Jerusalem. There's a promise in the Bible, a blessing for those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The Jewish people are God's chosen people. And tonight is the fourth Sunday of the month. We pray for our leaders. We pray for world events. And... Uh, if you'll understand under Israel, the first thing we pray on our prayer list is for the peace of Jerusalem. Why? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. And, of course, we understand that there will not be true peace in Jerusalem until the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, is ruling this world from the city of peace. We come to Psalm 23. And he says, I will lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Now I want you to notice this. Verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of the servant look unto the hand of their masters, and even as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with scorning of those that are, e that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. A good shot of humility will aid you in your service for the Lord. Just understanding. I, I honestly, 
I, I do not know how these climate change, uh, I don't even know what to call them. Uh, I think it was MSNBC, no, it was NBC, had a uh, climate change confession that you could actually register your sins and confess them to NBC because you had polluted the climate. And I'm sitting here going, this is madness. And should you stand up as I am, praise the Lord, this is a church and they haven't come in here yet, but if I were a professor at a secular college, I'd lose my job. Like that. Because if you dare doubt their word, our representative from Queens has said, no living people will be in Miami in 12 years. Now, if you lived like that, how would you maintain your sanity? I, well, there, that might be another question for another day. Amen. But we'll keep moving on here. You know what I'm doing? I'm waiting on the Lord. He is still in charge. And by the way, I hope you don't mind hearing this, but I want to remind you, they got it all backwards. It's not going to be melting ice caps and floods. That happened in Noah's day. That disaster's already... God said He's not going to destroy the world by water again. That's done. Uh, and they say that it was an asteroid that hit the earth and killed all the dinosaurs. Well, you read the book of uh, your Bible there, and God is going to melt the elements with a fervent heat before He makes a new heavens and a new earth. So... They got it all backwards. If we could just understand that we need to keep our minds and hearts stayed upon our Savior and that we are His servants. I mean, in America, we we do not get this idea of service anymore. I mean, you walk into a store and it's, yeah, what can you do to help me sell you my stuff? And you're sitting there going, didn't it used to be the other way around? Uh, but what we're talking about here, what he's talking about, is not a new problem. It is age old. As long as mankind has been in existence, let's wait on the Lord. Let's get our direction from Him instead of ourselves. And I'll tell you what, you could go to sleep at night and not have nightmares about how the world's going to end before it's time because people are uh, burning fossil fuels in their cars and in their airplanes. And, oh, it, it is absurd. Look at Psalm 124, Psalm of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say... If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. As we look at these 
Some have tried to put them in a specific order that they build one upon another. Uh, I'm not sure that that is necessarily true. But as we have looked at these first uh, one, two, three, four, five of, of these 15 psalms, we can find out that each one has dealt with a great truth that we must think about and we must face. And if we will face as the psalm directs here, we're going to find peace and we're going to find uh, uh the help that the Lord has for us. Psalm 125 deals with the eternity of God. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. We look at Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Verse 4, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, the Lord had a purpose in the captivity of Israel. How many of you are familiar with the story? They were 70 years in captivity because that was the number of years of the Sabbath that the land had not been given the rest that it was supposed to be given. Every 49 years was the trumpet of Jubilee and there would be two Sabbath years in a row that there would be no planting and no growing, uh, no physical work. It was a time of rest. For the nation of Israel. I'll tell you. That would have been a wonderful thing. And God made the land rest for its Sabbath. Now, I want to spend just a moment or two here on Psalm 127. You notice that the title here is a song of degrees for Solomon. Now, Solomon, if you remember, was the great builder. He built the temple in Jerusalem. He was the one that spent 20 years building his own palaces. He built a palace uh, up in the northern part of the country there. He built another one in Jerusalem. Uh, They say uh, the Bible describes his throne as having six steps and a full-size lion on each side of each step. And the throne was made of solid ivory. And then overlaid with the best gold. I, I will tell you that is beyond my imagination. How about yours? And yet, here's what the Bible says. We would surmise that this psalm would be written by David for Solomon. But we do not know that for sure, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain to build it. He said, Solomon, you're going to have riches beyond compare. You're going to have everything provided for you. You're going to ascend the kingdom in a time of peace. But you need to understand something. If God isn't the doer of the work, it's going to be in vain. And Solomon's temple was dismantled stone by
by stone, the only thing left of Solomon's temple, uh, is they believe that part of that western wall in Jerusalem actually dates back to the first temple, that Herod's temple was built on the same foundations, and that's all that's left. Look what it says here. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are, the chil- so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, how many of you remember, how many of you have read the book of Ecclesiastes? That's Solomon's lament that he did not obey this psalm. And several references in Ecclesiastes deal directly with his son Rehoboam, who Solomon knows is not the man of the hour or the year, or anything else. You see, Solomon was too busy doing things and achieving things himself to invest in the lives of his son and other children. And the Bible says, listen, let's put the investment where it belongs. Let's understand that what God has given us, he has given us to pass on. One of the things I love about being an independent Baptist preacher is we have a history. We have a history that goes way, way back. And many different people have tried to trace that history. And uh, they always come up at different dates. But I like to just open my Bible and say, you know, Jesus said to go ye into all the world and teach all nations. Are we doing that? Oh, by God's grace, we are. And we're following the patterns that are outlined in the epistles. And the doctrine that we hold is from the Bible. But I will tell you, we didn't invent it. We cannot trace our history day by day by day all the way back to the apostles. But our church was started by the Cleveland Baptist Church. That church was out of the Akron Baptist Temple in Akron, Ohio. Uh, Brother Billington, who started the Akron Baptist Temple in the 1930s, came from Kentucky. Uh, There's some ancient Baptist history in Kentucky that goes all the way back to its very founding. And you take the churches in Kentucky and you can go back to Sandy Creek in uh, North Carolina, I believe it is. This isn't new. We can read their writings. And we can make sure that our doctrine is in agreement with the historical doctrine. But the ultimate rule is this book called the Bible. We need to pass our faith to the next generation. That's where Solomon failed. Just one of the things that are contemplated. Now look at Psalm 128. It's almost in a complete contrast to Psalm 127. It says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. 
For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. The blessings of family and country to those that fear the Lord and walk in His ways. You see, this was the history of the nation of Israel. When they failed in this history, when they did not pass their faith on to that next generation... Read through the book of Judges. I mean, it's a roller coaster. The only problem is every dip went a little bit lower until we get to the end of the book. And I mean, uh, those last few chapters of the book of Judges are horrendous in the level of debauchery that the nation of Israel had reached. It took 40 years under Saul to recover from that to where David became king in the children of Israel began to seek the Lord and if we want these blessings we can have them it's interesting that it says thy children uh, uh, it said thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house in verse 3 thy children as olive plants now the interesting thing about olive trees is that an olive tree will go through its entire life cycle The tree will grow, seedling, produce fruit, uh, become a a great tree, and then the tree will die and the, the, uh, uh, the, the trunk of the tree will literally rot in the ground and out of that rotting trunk a brand new tree, not from a new seed, but its regrowth from the old tree will emerge. They have living trees in the land of Israel that were producing olives in the days of Jesus. It's amazing. And the words there on purpose. It wasn't because the author of this psalm didn't understand that. It was because he did understand that, that he put it in this psalm. Um, we, we look here at Psalm 129, and it is the... Psalm of afflictions, the fact that we are going to endure hardness. Jesus said, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God without tribulation. There are going to be difficult times. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Wow, is that not history? You want to... See the unseen hand of God. Study the history of the Jewish people. Out of the graves, their nation was reborn. God has protected Israel, and He will keep them. And you and I do well to learn that suffering is only for a short time. Verse uh, chapter 130 talks about the final deliverance of Israel. As uh, verse 7, let Israel hope in the Lord, be with, for the, 
with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Psalm 131. Again, a psalm of David, but a psalm imploring and begging for humility. My Lord, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Just a simple plea to get back to trusting in the Lord. And these psalms were written for Israel to sing. Psalm 132 is talking about the praise and the promises and the glory of the house of David. We get to Psalm 133, and boy, this is something that we need to think about. Even to this day, all of these psalms are, Behold how good is, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment as the garments, as the dew of Hebron, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded his blessing, even life evermore. To dwell together in unity. And then we get to Psalm 134, the last of them. Bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord hath made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. Each one is a song complete in and of itself dealing with An incredible truth from God's Word. The tradition is the children of Israel would sing these psalms as they would take their pilgrimage from wherever they lived back to Jerusalem on the high feast days. Uh, They say that many, uh, that they believe the Levites would also sing these songs as they ascended the steps from the court of women to the temple proper. And, uh, Yet I would challenge you that if we would like to be lifted up in the ways of the Lord, if we would like a closer walk with God, it wouldn't hurt for you just to work through these 15 psalms. Not like we did tonight, just but to spend a little time reading the words and thinking about those and finding application for your daily life. Degrees mean to be lifted up to ascend the stairs. And I will tell you this, no matter where you're going, if you will spend some time with these 15 chapters out of the book of Psalms, and don't be afraid of them. I mean, we went through all 15 of them in just one sermon. It's nine seven o'clock yet. You'll be closer to the Lord when you're done. Amen? And that's where we need to be. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together here tonight around your word. 
Lord, we ask that you would encourage us, that you would lift up our hearts in your word and the great thoughts that each one of these psalms uh, convey to us, that we would take warning, that we would understand where we are and what part we have in this world in which we live. And Lord, that we would be able to bless thee because thou hast been so good to us. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just keep our heads bowed for a minute. The altar's open. If you'd like to just slip out of your seat or pray right there where you are. And in a few moments, we'll get into our regular prayer time tonight.